Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard. The perfecter of the patio. And the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Hello and welcome to The Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker, Alan Shearer and Micah Richards. Mikey, you must have had a relatively quiet weekend. Um, Alan, you were doing Match of the Day 2 uh, last night. I did Match of the Day on Saturday and it was one of those shows that comes up every now and again, which is totally transformed by the news of the day. And um, that, of course, was that Luton Town captain Tom Lockyer collapsed on the pitch um, after suffering a cardiac arrest during the match against uh, Bournemouth on Saturday. We're recording this on Monday morning and as things stand, Tom is still in hospital, uh, stable, um, but undergoing tests and scans. So um, hopefully everything will be all right. I've been on... I think four times I've done Match of the Day where I can think of of, of similar things. There's Fabrice Mwamba. Um, I was recording that day. There was the Leicester helicopter incident, of course, with the owner, that tragedy. Um, and I was also on the game when Ericsson uh, collapsed on, on the pitch as well. And um, I have to say, it's always in- incredibly moving and emotional. And But but also, when, you, when you're doing the show like Match of the Day, you... You have to keep your, you know, you focus on trying to get the tone right, a shift in the program. So it's pretty chaotic um, while things are going on. Um, neither neither of you were there on Saturday night, but I'm sure you're on top of the story. I was at St James's Park, Gary. I was at the game Newcastle Fulham, so um, I was aware of something going on. And then, of course, um, can see on my on my phone that that messages are, are flashing up and trying to keep me uh, informed of what's uh, of what's going on. Um, and you're right. I mean, we're all at a football match, and then it all all of a sudden it becomes pretty irrelevant, doesn't it? And then you're just thinking. Goodness me! I hope he's. I uh, hope he's okay. And of course, with what happened to him in uh, in May, wasn't it May or June in the playoff? Um, then you're just thinking, oh my God, let's let's just pray and hope he's uh, and hope he's all right. And and it looks as if he is. And fingers crossed that uh, that continues to be good news. And we send him our very very best wishes. Yeah, we most certainly do. 
Indeed, I would like to echo them words that Alan said. And I was actually doing the game with you with Kristen Eriksson in the Euros. Yes, of and course you it were. It was very, very difficult because you know me, my personality, having to bring it down, getting the right tone, and obviously you as a presenter want to come to to us as pundits and have a view. But it's the first time in my in my whole life I've not known what to say, and all I did say is, well. Let's not think of the worst. There'll be a little bit of uh, hope, you know? And I just played on that and then it got better, then it got back playing. And it, it's a difficult position to be in because you can't teach someone how to broadcast when this news happens. So, you know, relying on the experience of someone like you, Gary, or a, an experienced pundit at the time, but you always deal with it in the best possible way and all the stuff behind the scenes as well. To be honest, that, that I had no real experience of that either, Michael, because that was the first time I'd been involved um, in a live broadcast with something like that. Whereas um, Moamba, the helicopter incident, and of course Saturday, they were all match of the days. So you had time to sort of work out what you're going to do. And um, on Saturday with, with the Tom incident, it was, you know what it's like now, the cameras tend to cut off these things. So you couldn't really tell um, what was going on at the time, but we did have time to piece something together. And then as you quite rightly say, Mike, it's about trying to get the tone right. Um, and and I, I think we managed to do that and we, we had a bit of time, but the Ericsson one I did find um, very challenging. Obviously, I think there was a little bit of criticism around that time for us as well, that we stayed on pictures too long at the ground. But what happens normally and what would happen here, um, which I think it's probably quite important to stay at the ground, is normally they just cut away and don't show any images. But don't forget in this country, whoever's hosting the game, whether it be Sky, whether it be BT, whether it be BBC, because they're shared on Saturdays, there's, there's kind of a thinking that you will cut away from images and that's what they did on Saturday for those of us that were in the studio we could see the live pictures so they actually took us by surprise um, during the Euros um, when we weren't in control that they would cut they cut to pictures actually showing people surrounding him and that sort of thing and and, and some people obviously um, took offence by that and then once they started to do that again we, we cut back to the studio but then you're relying on Mike uh, and people without the experience of, of they're not war correspondents or, or tragedy, you know, they're not used to kind of tragedy. I shouldn't compare it with war. That's very different. But it got to the stage really where you talk for a few minutes and what can you say? Because you can't talk about football because it pales into insignificance. So you just talk about the events on the pitch and eventually we handed back to, to BBC One. I think they, they cut to the news. But Saturday's just different when you've got match of the day and you're hosting it. And all we were really doing um, most of Saturday evening, once we prepared what we how we were going to cover it, was, was, was kind of pushing to find out the latest update because obviously we go out out live on television. So anyway, we wish Tom all the very best. I mean, Absolutely. obviously there... You know, the first thing is that he gets healthy again. Um, and I mean, the fact that it happened a few months ago, it's it, whatever happens here, you, you think you might have seen an, at the end of someone's football career, um, which is always um, a sad moment. No, I'm not, you know, I don't want to premeditate that, but, um, you, you know, you feel for him and it's going it's to be very difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, also, Gary, you have to say how the incredible job the medics did again and everyone in the way that everyone responded. Um, but 
I said earlier, didn't it? it? Football becomes irrelevant. It's about whether he can operate as normal, and really, that's all that matters. And fingers crossed that he can. Fingers crossed. He'll he'll get there. He's a warrior. He's done it before. Also, um, I go back to the others. The 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 football players that have had similar incidents on the pitch, um, Ericsson and Moamba, they were both, you know, okay. Moamba was, uh, obviously, I think both of those were miraculous in many ways, particularly Moamba. But it just shows you, doesn't it, if you're going to have an incident like this, if you're going to have a, a heart attack or something, that there's no better place to do it than on football than, pitch. Than join a game, <laughs> particularly a high-profile game like that, because of the... the the medics that are they're on hand. Having said that, it might well be the sport that has, you know, the fact that you, you, you're running so hard that might have caused it in the first place. But um, it also happened with Ginlar, didn't it? In a, in a, I think it was might have been a charity game. He, he collapsed. Yeah, that's um, right. And had Mark to have, Vivian like, Four was another one as well, I yeah, think, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, it, it's not entirely uncommon, but it's always it's difficult and traumatic and emotional uh, when it happens. Uh, let's Let's move on to... Uh, looking back at the the weekend's football, Liverpool and Manchester United, and you'd have been covering that one for match of the day too yesterday. God, that was a damp squib, wasn't it? Oh. I mean, that was hardly a proper chance in the game. Um, the only bit I enjoyed about the match was was watching Trent's passing. Oh, it was uh, it was it was a rotten game. I can't believe I had to watch it live and then sit watch it again on match of the day. It was it was a bloody awful game. The standard was poor. I know Liverpool were the better team and had more chances, more possession, but the standard of forward play from both teams was terrible. Um, both teams actually got into some good positions. Man United twice in the second half. Uh, was, uh, Hoyland should have scored, missed it, but uh, it was a it was a really poor game. Man United had to defend, 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 and Liverpool just had nothing in attack. It was one of those days yesterday for them that they just couldn't find the back of the net. It was poor game. I got a text from a Manchester United supportive friend friend of mine. He said, it's come to this. The highlight of the game is watching Johnny Evans punt long balls up the touchline <laughs> in the hope, nay, the dream that Anthony can maybe get on the end of it and win a throw-in. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? I mean, I actually look at Man United as a positive after being and playing Liverpool we all thought every pundit presenter yeah. fan thought they was going to get absolutely pumped but in actual fact Alan's totally right in terms of forward play they could have done a lot more but Man U was never ever really exposed like I actually thought Man United had the better chances with Ganacho. if he takes that little touch Trent don't get that little foot on it I just believe that's a performance they needed to go to Anfield. We've all been there. It is a tough place to go. And for some reason, there wasn't that electric sort of atmosphere that we normally get. And it just played into Man United's hands. And they got to halftime, they got to 70 minutes, and then they started believing then that they could get something. So I actually have to give Man United, from a defensive point of view, a lot of credit. The game was awful. We know we're that. talking. We're talking about Manchester United here, like, like they're, know, F, they're like they're a League Two team going to Anfield and hanging on for that's a draw. That's what it felt like, though, didn't it? If, yeah, that's exactly. what it felt like, and that's what it looked like. 
it, it actually did. We said that in the office. This looks like a League Two team who's gone to Anfield in the FA Cup, hanging on for dear life to try and get get a replay or get a point out the game. Whatever. It's like, oh yeah, but Liverpool had thirty four shots. Yeah, <laughs> and actually, if you look at the game though, they never really looked like scoring. They never no. created an absolute out and out kind of. They had, might have had 34 shots, but they never had any good shots. They were, no. I mean, they were defended really well. I mean, yeah, Mo Salah they did defend well. was, yeah, had a really poor game. Darwin Nunes and, yeah, it was, um, it just was never going to happen for Liverpool. And we have we to all mention Colin Maynard though, don't we? He's been outstanding. The games that he's played in the way from home, big games were taught. Go to, he did well at Everton. I think I remember that game. Um, he did well against Liverpool, getting on the ball and just doing the basic things, nothing too extravagant, just doing the basics really well, tackling when he needs to, right position. He's obviously comfortable on the ball, but he took no risk for a young player who's, what, 17, 18, to go to Anfield. Yes, it wasn't the best atmosphere for a normal, if you want to call it, derby or the, the two biggest clubs in English football. But he had a really level, mature performance uh, again. And I just thought he was outstanding. I really did. Uh, Arsenal are back on top. Did it a different way. Yeah. Very good, weren't they? Well, that was one of the games we we, we didn't see, obviously. Uh, um, those of us at home, you'd have seen all of it. Yeah. Um, I just We just saw the highlights. Yeah, um, they were very good. But, I mean, my tip for the title, guys. They're <laughs> looking all right. Honestly, yeah. if, if they win the league and you get it, it right, well, it's, it's, oh, it's going to be them or it's going to be them or Spurs, and it? it's going to be North London by the looks of it. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I know we keep mentioning him, but oh my god, uh, Declan Rice again yesterday. Yeah, outstanding was he? Oh, honestly, he was just in everything he did. Whether he was protecting the back four, whether he was bursting forward with the uh, with the ball, having efforts at goal, he was fantastic. And right, he said it last night. He's making a hundred million pounds look like a bargain. That's quite a statement, isn't it? Oh, honestly, is, that, is that only because that of Chelsea boys, though? They put the price up, didn't they? Really, the way they've gone about buying defensive midfield players. Um, but yeah, um. Arteta was um, booked again. I mean, he obviously got away with that. Um, the charges they dropped them, didn't they? It was a three-man independent panel, wasn't it? The panel was Ian yeah. Wright, Tony Adams, and Paul Merson. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. He does get carried away on the touchline, though, Michael, doesn't he? I don't mind that personally, but, but I, I just love it. I think there's a fine line, and yeah. I think he's always sort of teetering on that line a little bit, but. He knows, he knows he's got to be at his absolute best to win this Premier League. All them who doubted him when he come first and he won the FA Cup and then he sort of like Arteta out after that. But he slowly built a really good, organised, solid team who can score goals as well. And people like Havertz who people's writing off and... We don't know really his best position, but he's starting to play well. Or he's starting to make a difference in terms of scoring or assisting. So I understand it from the manager's point of view when he knows what he's up against. Liverpool looked like they were somewhat back to the best apart from, from this weekend. You know Man City going to be there. Spurs are going to be there. So yeah, um, I understand why he gets a little bit animated on the side. Yeah, Liverpool-Arsenal next weekend. Ooh! That's 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 a biggie. It is. <laughs> so it should be a, should be a great game. Man, you we said Liverpool, Man United should be. So we shouldn't hold our breath. 
I don't think Arsenal go there and just... No, they won't, no. Sit there, will they? No, no. they definitely won't. That's the kind won, of game, though, isn't it? That um, Well, for either team, really, isn't it? If they could like get a three points there, either side, it really does kind of send a little bit of a message, doesn't it? <laughs> a statement, almost. Is it Saturday the 23rd, is it? Yes, it is. 5.30, Liverpool-Arsenal. One for match of the day, yeah. obviously. Uh, are you working on that one, Micah? Indeed, or? I am. You are? Indeed, I, I am. was all three of us there then. <laughs> yeah, we're FD. Uh, the band is back together on Saturday. It's been a little while for a match of the day, hasn't it? It um, has. It has. Uh, but it's always nice when um, when you do match of the day that you when you look at the fixtures, obviously, but yeah, lots of good games, but the three o'clock ones, but it's the late game we always look at because... That's the, you know, you sit there and you want something to look forward to. Don't you want it like a biggie? Yeah, but before we go on, can I just ask you to, because you've not been doing it for years. You know the energy in Match of the Day. And I know we've talked about the logistics of Match of the Day, but how do you get your energy at 10.30 at night? Because I come in the door at 12.30. I'm absolutely buzzing. Honestly, I'm loving all the games. I, I, I feel like I'm on top of the world. You're thinking, Wow. What a job this is. Like, how privileged are we to watch every single game? you got your fantasy football on there. It's brilliant. You get to about seven o'clock <laughs> and your, your eyes just start going. I'm like, <laughs> but we've not finished. We've not fit. And then we've got to sort of get you doing your analysis, which keeps your mind ticking over. And then I start flagging about nine, quarter past nine. To be honest, Michael, when I've watched you, you start, <laughs> seem to start flagging about 10.30, 10.45. <laughs> <laughs> not, not true. I'll tell you exactly what happens, Micah. Adrenaline. I know, yeah. Of but... live television. It, it, I can't tell you how many times. You're, you're absolutely right. That period in the evening. I think particularly after the 5.30 game, the 7.30 to... A lot of work happens in there for an hour or so. For it. You, you guys are sorting out your analysis with the analysis team. Um, I'm fiddling around with the script and we're discussing running orders and, and, and stuff. And I'm, I write the words for the for the trail that goes out just before the news. And then there comes a period of about, I don't know, say that kind of 8.30 to 9.30, 10 o'clock where it's, you just do feel like... I just want to go to bed. It's my bedtime, especially me at my age. You know, I normally take my meds out, get, my, get the <laughs> stamina lift, lift up the stairs <laughs> and get in, in, in my bed. As Viv Anderson used to say, every single day he used to, after training when we were with England, he used to say, right, that's all I'm going to Nice little nap now. Nice little nap. <laughs> Crispy white sheets, marshmallow pillow. That He said it every, every day, Viv Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Micah, does it not depend how much you've been partying on Friday night, how knackered you are on Saturday? No, it's just when I'm with you two helmets and you've got no banter. <laughs> oh, dear. Helmets. Oh. I like that. That's a good old word, you helmets. Helmets. Oh, no. Helmets. I've known that it's one. It's a great word. For a while, yeah. I quite like it. Yeah, but I think genuinely though you do, don't you? And you sometimes sit. We get. I I get in the studio around an hour before um, we start and um, like read through the script. Because obviously it's a very kind of regimented show much of the day because we've got sometimes six, sometimes seven, sometimes eight games, whatever on a Saturday, and and you've got to make sure the timings are right because it's live television and and, and you don't want to drop the last game. But yeah, then then you you two get in around, I don't know, 10 o'clock-ish, don't you, and sit down and we kind of discuss a few things. And, and, and then I always think when that, you always, however tired you feel, 
when when that red light goes on, you're live on telly. It just, it just, I think it's a bit like that in football, though. I mean, sometimes you go into a game, don't you? Do your pre-match warm-up. You think, oh, I don't feel very good today. Oh, God. But then once the game starts and adrenaline kicks in. Goes yeah, you're livening up. Yeah. Talking of livening up, Villa, Villa have maintained Ooh. their lively pace, haven't they? The top late winner turned it round. Uh, ben Mee sending off was uh, was probably tantamount. Yeah, I watched that game as well. And um, Brentford were brilliant defensively and Villa could not find a way through at all. For 70 minutes, it was like they're banging their heads against a brick wall uh, because defensively they were really good. And then all of a sudden, the Ben Mee red card. And it was a red card because it, it was a terrible challenge. Um most unlike him, uh, and it deserved a red card. And then straight away, where they didn't have any spare men at all um, in the box, Villa, they were always marked. Once he'd gone off, spare men everywhere and got the first one, and then there was only one team going to win it. And you've got to give them huge credit because how many times have we said, just got to find a way? And we know that's a really tough place to go to. So, yeah, um, and Ollie Watkins having... <laughs> having a row with a fan behind the goal because he's been abusing him all game and he's yeah he did yeah he pointed his finger through the net and he could he could he could just I mean it's, I've, I've been there myself it gives it did not spur you on I mean it's just the incentive when you're getting hammered off fans oh, you yeah. think fuck you I'm gonna have the last <laughs> laugh here and and he did and he did he, and he's entitled to do exactly do what he did Ollie Watkins he got his goal, just pointed at the block and probably thinking, that's for you, mate. Don't ever abuse me again. <laughs> Brilliant. The way he's going, he's, going to, he's, he's playing himself very much into the England squad in the summer. That's nine goals, nine assists this season. He's got a, a, a fantastic work ethic and energy when he plays as well. Um, you know, there are players that do continue to improve in their career. And I think Unai Emery probably takes credit for the way that Villa players has helped him. Um, some players don't they look massively promising and then stop improving I think he's probably playing himself as as Harry Kane's substitute if you like yeah I think what's good about him though guys is how many times we when we're looking at analysis and we're just saying make a run in behind and we know Kane with his quality can come to feet really good pass for the ball cute round the box can do He's like a complete striker cane. But when you've got someone who can stretch the opposition, I would hate to play against him because he works hard and he constantly wants to run in behind me. And I, I think that's what he's got on any other striker at this moment in time where it's easy just to come and touch the ball and wait for something. He stretches people and that's going to help with him deciding whether or how much minutes he gets, especially for England. He's having a great season and he's pivotal to what Aston Villa do. They have to they have to keep him fit at all costs because he's yeah, he's flying full of confidence and everything good about Villa he epitomizes. Yeah, level on points um with Liverpool um and one point behind Arsenal. Who would have thunk it, eh? Unbelievable. They can actually they if if results go for them next weekend, they could actually be top at Christmas. I mean, even even the biggest Villa fans would never ever have thought that. Never. Um, so so that just tells you what the the job that Unai Emery's doing. Yeah, it really is. Can they do a Leicester? Um, we'll see later in the season. We'll be back with more um, chat around the weekend's football very shortly. But for now, let's just take a little breather. 
Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Awaken your senses with a curiously refreshing Hendrix Cucumber Lemonade. Curious how? Cue the aroma. Marvelous. Cue the taste. Magnificent. Cue the cucumber. That's the refreshing secret. Hendrix is uncommonly crafted with cucumbers, roses, artistry, and imagination. Other gins are ordinary, but Hendrix is refreshingly curious. Discover Hendrix Gin cocktail recipes at HendrixGin.com. Please drink the unusual responsibly. Hendrix Gin, 44% alcohol by volume. Bottled and imported by William Grant & Sons, New York, New York. Copyright 2024. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the rest is football with me, Gary Lineker, Alan Shearer and uh, Micah Richards. Um, Micah, Manchester City. I mean, what's go- what's going on? Tuning up against Palace, dominating the whole game. And then it just shows you when you're in those little blips of poor form or, or when things are not going quite your way. Um, normally City would have seen that game off or if Palace got one goal, they wouldn't get another. City have gone in and banged one at the other end. But... It's not quite happening for them at the moment. You know, I, I went to the game as well. I, I went to uh, the Etihad. It, the atmosphere was was really good. Like City are like an algorithm, aren't they? They just sort of keep going and going. They sort of be put into play and they do what they do. Micah, before we go on, finally someone that knows what an algorithm is because I, I I keep hearing that word and stuff. I don't I don't know you what don't, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Can you can you explain to me? So an algorithm. So if you've got a hang on, give him fifteen minutes to fucking know, think. That's here. what I've asked him here. This, if you come out with the, if you get the right answer to this, I'll be. Oh no, 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 but it depends on, on what context. I'm giving it a football context. That's what no? I want, Micah. Football okay. context. So if you look at the way Pep's teams play, the way he builds and sets up his teams, they follow a certain pattern. That's what I would call an algorithm. So going forward and what they normally do, everyone knows their jobs with, within the team and what they have to do. So that is an algorithm from Pep. So, so algorithm means tactics. Well, I mean, you can say tactics if you want, but I, <laughs> an algorithm sounds sexier, doesn't it? I like, no, that's not, I just want to, uh, no, I mean, obviously think it's like some, when we, when we do even the podcasts and people say it's the numbers, well, it's all algorithms. And I, I always think, yeah, okay, it's algorithms. <laughs> what the fuck does it mean? <laughs> is it data? Is yeah. it? Yeah. Well, yes, it is. But it's, oh, you know what it is? The, the things that I would say, it is uh, a mixture of things put together that works really well. And okay, so say like your phone, your phone could have a similar algorithm until there's an update. And then the algorithm changes to be something different. So City's algorithm is them dominating the ball, playing into little pockets. And you know what a Manchester City team looks like. So when you say style of play, I would say, 
that's Man City's algorithm. We know what it is. But defensively, at this moment, there's been a glitch in the, the algorithms are yeah. all over the place. <laughs> all over the place. Hang on, I've got, it. I've got it here. I've got, the, I've got the actual definition of algorithm here. A process or set of rules to be followed in calculations or other problem-solving operations, especially by a computer. Okay. Which is the brain of Pep Guardiola. <laughs> is yes. basically what we're talking. That's what an algorithm is. And, uh, and now we know. We're, we're, we're here to educate on this show. Here to educate. But defensively they're just it's not even defensively it's when they get caught in transition because they always have the ball in forward areas it takes them longer than other teams to get back into the right shape to defend properly this if i was playing center half in this team they'd be, be they wouldn't be anywhere out. near the top <laughs> <laughs> i'd be pulling my hair out you've got wingers at least they running at full pace of your on the counter attack where you've got to move. I just think at the moment it's it's just not ticking the way. But they're not playing badly. That's the thing. They're not playing and, badly. And Stone, Stones is coming back, and once he joins that partnership, him, him and algorithm at the back, they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Micah? Oh, is it is it teams sussing them out, or is it Man City having a bit of a bad spell? I think, Alan, it's Man City not being ruthless enough because all the games that they've played last season, they would finish teams off 2-0 up at the Etihad and Palace come back 2-2. That rarely happens ever. Teams might draw with them and score first and then Man City come back and, and get a draw or get a win, but 2-0 up. Yeah. And if Ireland had been playing, though, it might have been, it been all over, but we didn't used to have to say that. Uh, about Manchester City, but credit credit to Crystal Palace for for coming back and and it seems to me that teams that are having a go at Manchester City and Palace didn't really do it until the last ten fifteen minutes um, because they were hanging on. But the teams that have had a real go at them, look at Aston Villa just a couple of weeks ago. You know that thing about only having a couple of players back and stuff. It's you know if you if you're brave enough to take them on, you might get a good spanking, but you, you also might get yourself a good result. And it's quite refreshing rather than watch a team just... I mean, Palace did it, did it to be honest. It looked like going to be one of those teams that goes goes to the Etihad, sits back for 80 minutes and loses 2-0. But in the end, they they somehow got they got out of it. Elsewhere... Newcastle. Okay. <laughs> go on then, Al. I thought that's what you were, uh, I thought that's what you were going to say, yeah. Uh, well, I wasn't, but go on. Yeah, another sending off that changed the, uh, the, changed the game. I thought it was... Slightly harsh, actually. Yeah, you did. Sure. You were text. You were texting on the on the chat. I mean, I think as players, we know exactly what happened there. He went. He went to go to get the ball with his foot, and then he realised he wasn't yeah. getting it. And then he's always. It was a kind of bizarre leap. Um, and then he's realised what he's done. He's tried to come out, but he's turned his back, and his back's hit the fella in the face. So you can understand there was no intent. I guess they've turned it over because of the, the the lack of control and a couple of the replays it. As these things do, they look worse. There was a one Sufal for West in West Ham yes, uh, yes. against Wolves. I mean, Probably how on earth that one wasn't a red card and the Jimenez was. Um, but yeah, but Newcastle back to winning ways. Young kid, seventeen year old, scoring his Miley. first ever oh. Premier Smiley, League Miley. Goal at what home in front of the Gallagher. And what a feeling for him and his family! Eh, seventeen, brilliant, great for him. 
There was a brilliant bit at the end. He was interviewed with Gamarish, and um, I mean, Gamarish is, is is not exactly old, but he, he looked like his <laughs> he looked like his eldest son. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, brilliant, good for him. On a serious note, though, what's he? He's played. I know he didn't start on on Saturday. He got yet another couple yeah. of bad injuries, Al. But he's he's been incredibly consistent for a young for a player of of. Just what seventeen years? Yeah, I mean, he probably probably wouldn't have got in had it not had it been for the uh, the injury situation. But you know, when you when you're given a chance, uh, and obviously he's got ability because he was on the fringe and, and he was in the squad and sub and what have you. So there's obviously ability in there. But when you when you're given your chance for whatever reason, you've got to go in there and make the most of it. And He's done that. I mean, he, uh, the biggest compliment I can pay him is he just doesn't look out of, of place at all. He looks as if he belongs there and he's been there for a long time and great for him, as I said. Do, what do a, you know what a it moment. reminds me of a, a little bit? Not necessarily in the way he plays, but in the way he moves because he doesn't, he doesn't automatically look like a footballer. The when he, He's got like a, a running style that's, that's slightly stiff. And do you know who it reminds me of? Someone else who used to play for Newcastle. Chris Waddle. Chris Waddle, in the way he moves, because you look at Chris, and Chris never looked like a, a footballer, and he had a kind of wooden style in the way he ran, but he'd drop his shoulder. He's, he beat players like without ever looking like he's like, incredibly technically gifted, but he was technically gifted. And Miley, in a way, reminds me, certainly of the way he moves and with the grace that he goes past and beats players. He's not, he's not a wide man like Chris was and with an incredible cross with the ball. Um, but do you see what I mean in terms of his gait and the way he actually he wanders around the pitch? No, I do, yeah. I understand that. I mean, obviously different positions and different players. Um, but yeah, he's... Um, I mean, he when he... You can imagine him in two or three years' time also when he sort of fills out a little bit as well. Because you're right, he's still... He's still a, a boy, really, isn't he, at, uh, at that age? But um, yeah, he's... He's, he's he's real talent. Did you see the interview he did after the the, the midweek games in, in in the Champions League? And yeah. I think someone asked him, "Did you your mates come and watch you?" And um, in the game, he went. He said, "No, no, they're they're all at school." <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, good for him. Nice, he's a really nice lad. Yeah, he is. Uh, big big win for for Newcastle in that game. Um, Everton. Wow, I'm starting to think this 10-point reduction could cost them the league title. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We said, though, didn't we? We said they had a massive improvement, Everton. You have to give them credit now because they're just a well-organised football team who's got confidence, playing good football, all being marshalled by the manager. Who knows what he's doing. The actual joy to watch. That's what's so, so good. And then Burnley. Burnley are letting me down. Burnley yeah. are letting me down. I said at the start, they was finishing top, top 10. And they're just a shadow of the team that they were last year. And I know it's a different league, but all the things they was doing, they're not doing or... They're still making naive mistakes, and I just didn't think this would be happening. Well, they look like a team of of, of a mix of young players and um, perhaps players that have got a lot of experience. But have they got the quality, regardless of the way they're playing, in there to 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 stay up? Not not on the evidence we're seeing, though. No chance. 
But on the evidence that we're seeing, it doesn't look like it. They need to regroup in January. I don't know what they need to, to bring in. They need to bring in some confidence into the camp, stick to what he's doing, but add better quality in certain areas and give it a right good go. Because at this moment in time, you can't say they're not working hard because they are working hard, but they just don't look at the level required, which I can't believe I'm saying this. There was my tip to finish in the top half and now it looks like they're going to be bottom. They're very vulnerable to dead ball situations, aren't they? Because, I mean, they've, they've got a very young goalkeeper in there that obviously it's, it's, he makes some good saves and stuff, but he, it, it, at the moment he looks like a young goalkeeper that kind of bullying him. I don't know whether either of you saw Mashley um, on Saturday night. Shay Given was... Really um, good. It, I thought it was really an interesting bit of punditry on, on goalkeeping because he made mm. a couple of points that actually I hope James Trafford watched because he, he could learn from from someone that was obviously not a massive goalkeeper in terms of stature, yeah. Yeah. Shea Given, but he was really interesting how he could, you know, make himself a little bit bigger in certain ways, jump off one leg. He said mm. things that, which I think in, in punditry is always the most important thing, that if you're watching at home, you want to hear something that perhaps you don't recognise yourself. Yeah. And, and me as someone who's been in the game all his life, I never really thought about how goalkeeper's leap, how you get an extra few inches, etc. I thought it was really good. It was a really good piece, actually, she did. Um, but we have we have been saying in terms of teams targeting Burnley and putting balls into the box, particularly at set pieces on top of uh, on top of him because, yeah, he doesn't look comfortable at all with balls coming in, crosses into the box, and they, they can't defend them. It's, it's looking very difficult for the bottom three. I suppose if they were looking above, I think they'd kind of be hoping that Nottingham Forest continue their their poor run of form. Yeah, I mean, we said it before about Steve, haven't we? Seems to be under huge pressure there, which I think's harsh. But he knows as well as everyone that you're you're in the results game, and and Forest are on a really poor run at this moment in time, so they need to pick up pretty quickly. Yeah, Spurs. Spurs, they, I mean, a week or so ago, it was all a little bit doom and gloom after the great start to the season, but they've they've bounced back with some some really good results, excellent performances, despite still having obviously two or three of their, their best players missing. But um, I must say, I do enjoy watching watching their football. And Ange Ball. Ange Ball is great, <laughs> isn't it? Even, you know, and I, I, it's refreshing that, you know, regardless of what happens, we're going to go for it. We're going to enjoy our football. Um, and I mean, we we all know that it's results-driven business, and, and and should they collapse, everyone will be going. See, you can't play that way. You can't do this. But I really enjoy it. It's great to watch, and that's ultimately what it should be. Kulisevsky's back to his best as well, isn't he? On yeah. on Friday night, he was excellent. He he worked so hard, got such a good left foot. I like the the positions he picks up as well, even if he plays in the middle, in the number 10 role with Johnson playing on the right. He's just got the freedom to do whatever he wants and he seems as though he's relishing it absolutely. Wonderful play. And Son going to the to left, which allows Richarlison to be back amongst the goals. I just think the managers, there's little tweaks that he's made has just helped the team so much. Starting with Son up front and then bringing Richarlison up there. And long may it continue. Yeah, Kulisewski's ran more than any other player this season. That's madness. Is that right? It's just just his run though. It's like he presses and he's quick. So you have players who will do up and down running. So they used to be your midfielders, like your, your number 
number eight will go back and forth and back and forth. But it's the sprints that he puts in as well. How much he does of the sprinting, not just the long running. His intensity, which he runs at, is ridiculous. And it works for this team so much and allows the fullbacks to get involved and join in, win the ball really high. He's just been a joy to watch this season. It's hard to get the ball off him, isn't it? I mean, yeah. It's weird, his shoulders. I like A little bit like Grealish in a way. Yes. That yeah. He's strong and powerful and yeah. And they've stepped up. Haven't we? We said it before that they had to with Harry leaving. Can the players that were already there step up and give another five, ten percent? And that they're, they're doing that. Had a better side without Harry Kane. Or... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, Micah. A better oh, side without Harry Kane. <laughs> Micah, are you now? Are you now actually going to say it? I'll tell you at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. Is that? Is that? Creosote, I can Creosote, see. Creosote, yeah. Get off Creosote. your fence. Do you know what, cre do you know what Creosote <laughs> is, Michael? Oh, is that for your ass, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, you idiot! <laughs> What's oh, cross Creosote? They paint on fences to oh. still maintain <laughs> on the fence. You're I on the fence. It was, it was some cream for when your ass is so from sitting on the fence. That's fucking <laughs> Sudacrem, you idiot. <laughs> Piles cream. <laughs> <laughs> creosote. I tell you what, Mike, if you paint creosote on your ass, I don't know what would happen. Oh, oh that's fa that's fantastic. On, on, I, have you have you seen the bit? That, I mean, we're doing this as as I said on a, a Monday morning. Um, um, it'll be out to you on Monday afternoon. Big game tonight. Big game tonight. The Vardy Rooney Derby. Oh! The, uh, Birmingham City, Leicester City. Um, it's a big... I mean, if Sky don't get Colleen and Rebecca Vardy in the studio, <laughs> um, they've missed a trick. I mean, as they're two pundits, I think that would be really good. You could call... I don't know, what could call it? Um, Wagamamas? <laughs> oh, dear. Wagamamas, I like that one. It's not bad, is it? I think it's quite good. Get them on co-coms. The two no. of them. <laughs> Uh, shouldn't, shouldn't it's, um, oh, uh, that, that'd be an interesting uh, one to watch. Further afield, um, two goals for Kane, one for Bellingham again. <laughs> the English boys doing well abroad. Harry's is... broke the record, didn't he, in terms of getting to 20 Bundesliga goals? Yeah. Something, something like that, isn't it? He's got 14 games, was it? Yeah, before they now go on a little bit of a winter break, sensibly, which, um, I mean, I watched the Bayern Munich game last night and um, Alfonso Davis was a bit sharp. God, blimey, he was good. Um, for those who don't know, um, young player was, um, he's actually a, a, a refugee, he had to had to flee and ended up in, in, in Canada and, and broke through there, then was signed by, signed by Bayern Munich and um, incredibly quick player, so good. Such a good fullback. We like him. Yeah, good player. Looking at that winter break that they have in, in, in Germany, I mean, we've kind of brought one in, <laughs> although we haven't really. I think we get half the teams get one weekend off and then half the teams get another weekend off. Um, but Germany has always done it properly. Um, and with someone like Harry Kane, who's in his 30s now, that might help for the Euros. Would you enjoy it, having a break and no football over Christmas and New Year? God, yeah, it'd be nice, Would you? It? 
Yeah, we just yeah, chill out could. at Christmas and have, enjoy it. Maybe <laughs> go away about a yourself. week sunshine. I thought that you asked me. Stop you thinking, stop as, thinking as about a, yourself as a player and me. as a pundit. You just said, would you like it? Oh come on! You're thinking about you're thinking about having a holiday, man. You're thinking about well, not yeah. travelling up to match of the day. Yeah. Because you can go on the, on a beach somewhere. Well, you know what I mean? Neymar, Neymar used to, I mean, I think he still does. He's never missed the Brazil carnival. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's, I've heard, I don't know whether it's true, that he has it written in his contract that he has to have the weekend off of, uh, of the Brazil off. Really? carnival. And the Rio carnival. Yeah, I mean, I don't wow. know whether it's actually true. Um but he does always seem to not play uh, for that. <laughs> if that you've been to a carnival, you'd understand why he wants it. <laughs> yeah, he also never misses his sister's birthday. <laughs> That's another one. Oh. You can do that when you're that good, though, I think. You know, you know what? I, just quickly on that point, I think you, you raise a really good point, though, guys, because how many times do we say at the end of the season, if they would have just had the winter break, you know, like other teams and... We're talking about key players. We're talking about Kane and, and Bellingham having that. And they could be the difference makers in the tournament. So I actually think that could help us a lot. I wouldn't disagree. Moment of the week. Um, I've got a couple. I want to give a... We, we like to pop down the leagues occasionally. Um, Stockport County. I mean, they're going really well. Top of League Two. Uh, and they beat Sutton 8-0. 8-0 on Saturday. Um, Dave, I think Dave Challenger's the well, he is the coach there. He's, he's, he's done an amazing job. I didn't see that result actually at the weekend. Yeah. Here, Neil. I know Neil. they're uh, I know they're flying, but I didn't yeah. uh, I didn't see that result. So good that we give them a mention. Ahead of Wrexham, who, who won again? Yeah, um, I think they're going to go up again, aren't they? Wrexham? Mad, isn't it? Yeah, I think the way it's going. Um, but the real moment of the weekend, I, I think, is that our very good friend um, Ian Wright has decided um, that this will be his last season of doing match of the day. Um, could have a bit of fun, but I, I actually want to say something heartfelt that he's been um, working with him has been an absolute pleasure a privilege and a hell of a lot of fun um over a, well, a long period of of time i know he does quite a bit with with itv and i think i believe that will continue but um i want to wish righty all the very best i'll see him before the end of the season because he'll do some more shows but um i love that fella and um he's been he's been an absolute delight to work with yeah he's great and he's um he's just a bundle of energy isn't he that the days are a lot shorter um it match of the day when you're working with him because of the energy that he brings and the happiness and the excitement and the madness and <laughs> everything that comes with right in. Everyone loves him. Yeah, well, you've kind of, you've kind of dismantled him, um, Micah, over the, the past year or so. so. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's leaving. He knows Micah's a threat. <laughs> no, it. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's decision had nothing to do with me. Let's get that straight here because I'll be trending. Oh, Micah, he's not half a, half a career as uh, Ryan. Mike, Micah, you're going to be trending because of your fucking creosote line anyway, so I wouldn't worry about it. But what can we say about Ryan? I mean, when I first started doing punditry, and I thought, ooh, I liked his style. I liked his style because he was just himself, you know? I, I felt as though, like, he could go on air and be yourself. So when I first came into Pundit, it's just like, I looked at what of right he did in terms of being himself and just having that energy. So 
I owe a lot to Wrighty just for looking up to, seeing him on TV, the way he did things. So I, I want to wish him all the best. Absolutely. But um, we'll see him in a number of match of the days before the end of the season. Ian, we love you. And that's it from us. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Have a good week. <laughs>